0: heckle you and see how well you do your job how about that that's
1: the dumbest thing i've ever heard
0: Daddy. that's assuming
1: we're professionals
0: Wow, well, that's stretching it you're listening to the new jersey guys podcast talking all things sports by the fans for the fans and now your starting lineup chris swenderman and dan tantillo All right. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of the New Jersey Guys podcast, Talking Sports. My name is Chris Swendeman. Alongside me on the other side of the desk is my man, Dan Tantillo. Danny, what's going on?
1: Hey, man. How are you? Uh, You just got back from Tampa. I did. So tell me a little bit about that. I I saw that you caught a game.
0: Great experience. Uh, Went to the uh, Tropicana Field for the first time. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays versus the Yankees. So the only game the Yankees won the entire weekend. Okay. So I'm their good luck charm. That's what I, I'm. I'm. I'm chalking that up to me being there.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. My
0: my, my entire family down there are Rays fans. They're transplanted Rays fans. Okay. And uh, so I went. In, I actually had two Yankee fans with me. Other family that came down from here. Okay. That went down there, and uh, so I had a little rooting. You, but they weren't sitting with me. We sat in two different spots. I see. But. Not a bad sight uh, sight line the place. Really nice stadium. Really nice people. I didn't get picked on by anybody. Like everybody just like, let you root for who you want. Yeah, I mean, it's it was Florida. Really
1: cool. It's all retired people. They don't want to get on your nerves. I've seen a game there and it was pretty cool. Um, it's definitely family oriented. And yeah, absolutely. when you're in this in the stadium itself, it's a lot brighter than it appears on TV.
0: Yes, it is with the big white roof. Yes,
1: and uh, I, I I've gone also to a game in Arizona. At Chase Field, and I've noticed that both in Florida and in Arizona, it's just this mellow, relaxed environment where you're there to enjoy the game and not get into other right. people's ways. And we'll we'll talk a little bit later on in the podcast about fan behavior and stuff like that. Yes, we while will get into after that after the game. But um, I think it's time for a little segment that we we do here.
0: It was funny because uh, you know when you mentioned about it being brighter on the inside. One thing that's not brighter right now: the Mets' future. And it brings us to our next topic, the Mets Misery Minute, with our resident Mets fan, Mr. Misery himself, Dan Tantillo.
1: Yes, so here's a recap of the week that was for us Mets fans. Uh, We played a weekend series against the Angels, one two out of three. You would think all is peachy and good. Oh, is well with the world. Yeah, uh, wait, hold on, not quite.
0: <laughs> you had to play more games.
1: Yep. Okay. So then we lost two out of three in the Padres, including an absolute terrible loss in. Um, it was a s the Padres won six to five. The Mets were up five to one in that game. Uh, the Padres pulled it out. Will Myers rocketed a two one single off the top right center fence in the seventh inning, and then um, Fernando Salas came in, loaded the bases on a single and two walks. All this with two outs. They took out Robert Gazelman, who tossed six solid innings in his return. He was pulled with a 5-3 lead after throwing 84 pitches. That's a little soon. I think you got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, especially considering the Mets' bullpen is atrocious.
0: Yeah, that's one way of putting it.
1: Um, And then, after that debacle of a game, on Thursday, Terry Collins spoke to the media. saying that he was not at liberty to discuss right fielder Jay Bruce's injury situation. Ah. Now, Jay Bruce is injured, along with many of the other Mets stars, including Noah Syngard, Joanna Cespedes, Familia, and David Wright. And I'll be honest, as I was reading this article, I forgot that David Wright was even on the team. Wow. Just because that's
0: just how the season's gone so far. The heart and soul of the Mets, and you forgot him.
1: So, but that just goes to show you how the season's been so far. Um... Colin said on Thursday that no one really knows when anybody's going to be ready. I get in trouble because I try to be as honest as I can with you guys and give you an honest look at things. There's his first mistake. And then if it doesn't happen, we look like an idiot when we're not because there's no guarantees. Um, I think the entire Mets organization have been looking like idiots since the beginning of the season.
0: Yep.
1: Um, I don't know really what to react
0: to this. Well, Put it this way. Um, just to take it back one little step, yeah, um, Wednesday night, um, outfielder Hunter Renfro, who plays for the Padres, yes, hit a shot that hasn't landed yet.
1: Oh my goodness. That thing was upper deck. Crazy.
0: In City Field.
1: Yeah, that's, that's not, a feat. That's definitely for sure. It was at that moment I was like, e-. well, let me let me back up a little bit because I do think on Wednesday, as I was watching that game, as soon as he pulled Gazelman. I had a feeling it was over just because that's just the way that the season's gone so far. They've won so many that. games.
0: But that's neither here nor there. I, I mean, it's really coming unglued for them because I think with a lot of... The, I don't even think it's the injuries. I think it's the way they handle the injuries. It's the
1: way they're but, handling everything right,
0: right now. It's just a, a mess. Well, to show you what I mean, to illustrate it, I did something fun today while you were getting us ready for the podcast uh, today. I... um. I Googled the words Mets news. You want to see some of the headlines? <laughs> yes. These are the best ones right now. Mets legend Tom Seaver has some advice for power pitchers. All right. Not bad. Okay. I mean, Tom, that's that's the original Tom Terrific right there.
1: Starting off interesting.
0: Mets to call a pitching prospect Tyler Pill. Okay. All right. Ah, not bad. Right. Sounds good. All right. Well... <sighs> Mets $154 million flop has turned NL East into MLB's worst division. Oh
1: my, there it is. There's the winner.
0: Mets two bright spots save the beleaguered bullpen. Literally, I'm just scrolling. These these are the headlines by Google. Um, Frustrated Mets brass not ready to pull the plug on Terry Collins yet. (laughs) Next one. Mets Terry Collins headed to hot seat. Why Mets aren't likely to get rid of Rafael Mantero anytime soon. Mets should commit to summer sell-off as season progresses. Ooh, and that's
1: honestly not a terrible idea, considering that all these big-name pitchers that, when healthy, obviously, it's right. it's without contest. They're one of the best pitching staffs in the league, if healthy. But a team built on pitching right now has the worst ERA in baseball. Um and yeah, a sell-off probably wouldn't be a bad idea. As for Terry Collins being in the hot seat, I think he's been in the hot seat for a little bit, whether the organization wants to admit it or not. And I think he deservedly so because just the decision making when it comes to players, deciding whether they're injured or not, and just game time decisions. Think
0: I don't think that's on on Collins. I got to be honest. I I don't I don't want to get too much into the Mets because I I just I don't want to be sound like a fan but from a third party perspective from my perspective I mean you you're in it with your heart yeah. I'm just looking at it from a third party's perspective who kind of gets a big chuckle out of it every day um How could you not? But I think a lot of it I mean he's literally playing with band-aids on 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 the entire team. I mean he's got he's missing, you know, he's missed a star outfielder a majority of your pitching staff. Yeah. And I mean you know he's trying to mix and match every day to figure out well what players are left, and they're not bringing up reserves.
1: Yeah, and but the thing that the thing that's tricky is that when when it's all said and done, the bullpen is the biggest issue, and I think that anybody would agree with that statement. That being said, pulling your player your starting pitchers early isn't going to help the bullpen situation because you can't rely on them. So why not give a little extra push to those guys that are going only six innings? Anyway, True. it's 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 a lot. It's, it's a mess. As for the panic meter, it's pretty much Where remained it's pretty much remained the same. Uh it's still at the season is more than likely over, and there really is no shot at the postseason. Um it's it's still a little bit early, I guess, but it's not looking good. And this team doesn't look like a contending team. It's the worst team in baseball. It's <laughs>
0: Well, you know what could be bad?
1: What could be bad? If
0: you are a fan of daily fantasy sports, New Jersey uh, could have some surprises for you coming up. Because there is some discussion about regulating daily fantasy sports in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, so uh, Governor Christie could soon decide. It's now on his desk. Uh, The state senate voted 33-0 to on Thursday to make changes. To a democratic sponsored measure that would establish guidelines and tax rate for companies that operate such games as daily fantasy. Now, if you're familiar with regular fantasy football or fantasy sports in general, basically what daily fantasy games let you do is create a virtual team made of professional athletes and compete to win actual money. Now, the bill would regulate only operators on a daily or weekly games run by professional companies, not small-scale, season-long fantasy sports competitions. Now, that's what a lot of us are used to, the the, the seasons that last all day long, and there's no right. regulation in that. But once these companies such as FanDuel and DraftKings, came along, right. the government saw that as a way to get some money. Of course. Um,
0: I mean, being... Being in New Jersey, they're going to tax you any which way they can, and this is no different.
1: Yeah. Now, Christie has spoke about this before, specifically when he was still a candidate running for president. He said, are we really talking about the government involved in fantasy football? Wait a second. We have $19 trillion in debt. We have people out of work. We have ISIS and al-Qaeda attacking us, and we're talking about fantasy football. Can we stop? Let the people play. Who cares?
0: My thing is, he's a sports fan. He gets it. He does. So I think when all comes when it all comes down to it, I think this is a lot of, I think this is a lot of hoopla over nothing. Um, I don't do fantasy daily sports because I would be broke. Um, basically, the only <laughs> thing stopping me, uh, and uh, you know, my wife would want to kill me. But that aside, I think that anybody, I think he's smart enough to know that anybody going to play and it's a good resource for people yeah. in the state and i think that he knows better than to tax something like this because it's just it it's it's not going to go well
1: yeah um so should it be regulated i don't think so i think it's i'm all for personal liberties and being able to do what you want if you want to spend money and gamble away right then go ahead what who am i to say what you should do right with your life does that mean that the state's going to back off no, I don't think so. And I don't know if, if chrissy has got the, the guts to I got to be a, I thing. don't
0: I don't see him. I would be shocked if he didn't veto it. Yeah, I, I just I'd see I just him as see a sports it, yeah. fan and having the post of the sports fan. I mean, listen, he doesn't have the post of many people lately, but I think he gets sports fans enough to know that this is just something they should leave alone.
1: Yeah, I agree. And is this something you said that you haven't? really experienced it before have you done it whatsoever have you ever done a draft i really game? haven't okay. i
0: really i really have stayed away from it i do seasonal leagues i do seasonal football i do seasonal baseball a couple leagues uh each and i've never kind of delved into the um the to the, the daly, daily yeah. because i just i know i'll be obsessed with it yeah. i i'm just such a super fan as it is I know if I start looking at this, this will consume me.
1: Yeah. No. So I've only done it a couple of times when they had the free um, the free games that you could try out
0: right. just to get you
1: in, just to say, hey, yeah, yeah. All right, here, we'll give you $10 free dollars right. to join and log in. I did that. I also did a contest against one Matthew Berry of ESPN. Now, Matthew Berry is a fantasy football expert or fantasy sports expert, if you can even say there So-called. is such a thing. Um, and he had a contest where if you beat him, he would give you an autographed copy of his book. So Ooh. I technically scored higher, so I got his book. So I didn't really win too much money with right. Daily Fantasy. But if you're not in a serious league or, you know, I'm in a league where not only am I in the work league with yourself where right we came in second place this year. So that was cool. We did, we did well. We did well. Yep. And then I'm also in a league where I've been in with some of my good friends from... My high school, I've been in this league for, you know, 10 years now. It's, if I did fantasy, you're right, I would not only be broke, yeah. but I would find myself rooting for so many different players. I,
0: I would be, yeah, I would be losing my mind.
1: I would be losing it. And I do think that it's not something that the government has any business getting involved, no. but they're going to find a way. Well, even yeah. if even if Christie vetoes this, there's more than likely going to be a Democratic governor come 2018.
0: Maybe we'll see. Let's not push it.
1: And um, if that is the case, then you're going to see this, I think, come back around and probably get regulated because they want to get into
0: everything. I, you know, we'll see. But actually, I somebody that we know that does daily fantasy sports and actually does it like at on a regular. Is um, he writes for the Trentonian? He's also a part-time host here uh, on the station. Uh, Jeff Edelstein, yeah, he's a great writer. It, yeah. If you've never read his column, read it in the Trentonian. Highly recommend it. But he's big into daily fantasy sports, and he um, he said he dabbles. He doesn't do a lot of money, but he does it daily, and he's up. Yeah. He's up, you know, quite a decent amount for the most most part. And I think people like that. And I think if you start to legislate this and tax it, that. Business is just going to drop because people are not going to want to deal with that.
1: Yeah, they're not, especially when you still have the long-term fantasy football, and that's still right. exactly not going to be regulated. That's yeah. not going to be regulated, so people I think, would just go back to it. I think it would hurt the business itself if it were to be regulated. I, I don't see. I don't see too many people doing stuff like this, but at the same time, if it stays the way it is, it's not going away because fantasy sports, no matter how you look at it, is huge.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's a. I mean, it's a million billion. Oh, dare I say, billion-dollar yeah, business. for sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that's not going to go away. But I think it, the more legislators get involved, it's not going to be a good thing. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, legislators getting involved can never mean a good thing. But hopefully, you know, they stay out of it, and we'll definitely keep you posted as uh, the story goes.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is going to be in the news for a while. And something else that was in the news recently which I don't know if it necessarily needed to be in the news.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: Was involving one Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver of the New York Giants.
0: Who's in the news a lot.
1: He is in the news a lot, and I don't know if he's that's in, just be, because of his character, if no, it's because of his their talent. Own. Yeah, he's a little immature, but let's let's we'll get into that in a little yeah,
0: bit. Yeah, but also what I just found out, he's is he really dating Ariana Grande, the singer?
1: Oh, I thought the weekend was dating her. Apparently oh, no, I know the weekend's dating Selena Gomez. Oh, okay. I get them
0: confused. Yeah, well. But you know, it's I read something that he's dating he's there's something going on with him and Ariana Grande. I mean I had to look up who Ariana Grande was. <laughs> I mean, neither here nor there. But um she seems like a very nice fellow. Yeah. <laughs> um and apparently, he's making news for a lot of things. That, that being one of them. But apparently, this week was the Giants' OTAs. The, um, you know, kind of like what? What is it like? Pre-practice? I yeah, I it's not like, like a training camp or yeah. anything like
1: that. It's basically it's kind of like mini-camp. It's voluntary right. off-season workouts.
0: What was that word you just used? Voluntary. Right. Yeah. Means you can come. Yeah. Means you don't have to, but you can. So he's not
1: showing up. He's missed. Every workout this week. Also, Olivier Vernon, who was recently signed last year, he's missing OTAs as well.
0: Yeah, but nobody cares about him. Everybody cares about Odell. Right,
1: because Odell Beckham's a superstar and he runs his mouth. Um, Coach Ben McAdoo said it's time to build. It's a time, meaning OTAs. It's a time to build fundamentals, communication, chemistry, and trust. So you want all your players here, especially Ah, the great ones.
0: Which is a zing right at him.
1: Uh, Beckham has been great. There's no questions about that. He's led the Giants in receiving each of his first three seasons. He's caught 35 touchdowns, and he technically isn't breaking the rules here. So is this a story?
0: No, and here's why. Go ahead. If they want it to be a story, you don't call it voluntary workouts. Now, I will actually, actually defeat my own argument in saying the fact that I think star players are expected to do more and expected to take a leadership role, but you can't give a leadership role to a guy who's never shown leadership. He always shown his immaturity.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: So why are you expecting anything more from him?
1: And I think that's why the media is making a big deal out of this is because he has had questionable behavior before on the field. And and we're we're not saying,
0: well... Well, I, mean, I mean
1: the the whole wide receivers on the boat in Miami last year. That's definitely questionable behavior considering of how bad they got blown out I, in the playoffs.
0: I questioned his ideas of what leadership is, because if he thinks that's leadership, then there may be a bigger issue. But he's not it's not like he's getting into trouble per se. He's but not getting he's just trouble. Very with immature. The law. He's yes. very immature. He's
1: very immature. And I think that because it is a voluntary thing, now, granted, if the organization has Mandatory rules for their voluntary workouts, <laughs>
0: which would be odd.
1: It would be, but Talk like, about you, know I mean? you know what I mean. Like if you have a coach who's who really wants all the players to be there, and there are team rules. If he's breaking a team rule and not a league rule, I think that's still a little bit different as well. Because this is the team. This is your job. This is your role. You're going to follow right. by our rules. If if that was written in some kind of a contract or some kind of a code within the team, right? It would be a story. This isn't a story to me because it is voluntary, because there are tons of players elsewhere in the NFL that are doing the same thing, even on their own team, and they're not making a big deal out of
0: but it. But now is it somebody of the magnitude of Beckham?
1: We don't know. We really don't know because it doesn't need to be reported. Well, but it's being I, reported here because we're in the New York
0: Well, metro we're area. in the largest media market in the country. Right. But I think that, in a way, it points out you know that People really shouldn't be surprised by this, I don't think. Yeah. You know, given the way he's acted up until now. And I if they're expecting him just because he's great to be a leader, that's two separate issues. Yeah, it is. One, he's got talent. There's no denying he is a superb talent, amazing wide receiver. I mean, he's got hands like all get out. I mean, he's talented for days, but... There seems to be a lack of leadership or a lack of accountability by him. So
1: what are, now this is, a, again, like I said, I think this is a story that the media makes a big deal out of that really
0: isn't anything. Now, well, I because there isn't, el, isn't anything else going on. What right. are they going to do? Cover the Mets? Yeah. <laughs> Zing.
1: <laughs> Boom. Oh, it needs to stop already. It, But they do it to them. All right. Oh, uh, back on track, <laughs> back on track. Um, so there's, in my opinion, I think that there are a lot of stories that are being blown up out of proportion that really aren't stories in sports media. And I think that it's happening a lot. And there's some ones that come to my mind in particular that I think the media makes a big deal out of that really isn't one. And I was wondering what you had in mind as well as something that you constantly see being covered in the sports world, that really isn't much of anything. Hmm. So, like, one thing with me is I think player media is social media activity. So, like, right. who tweeted what, who Instagrammed what. Yeah. I think that that is taking over time that well, could potentially be highlights.
0: It's odd that you said that because one of the things that came up this week on Odell Beckham, and we keep going back to him, but, I mean, this is, you know, what it's been this week. It's It's been, like, you know, all guns blazing that pointed towards Odell. But while they were all working out, there was a picture of Odell Beckham working out with, of all people, Johnny Manziel. Is that who you really want your star receiver working out with?
1: No, it's not. And that also kind of ties into something else. I think that stories from stories off the field with people who are no longer in the sports world, I think is getting a lot of attention. So of course stories with Johnny Manziel story with Lonzo ball, These aren't really sports stories. These are just people who have big mouths and are getting into trouble for all the wrong reasons. And you don't need to be covering this when there's so much going on. You could be showing more highlights. We don't see any hockey. I'm not even a hockey fan, and I would prefer to see more hockey highlights. And
0: there are some great stories going on in hockey. That's what I
1: mean. Like I don't need to know about LeBron James's beard.
0: Yeah, fair point.
1: And I think that another thing that the media makes a big deal out of is they keep making up rivalries that don't exist.
0: Yeah, and they always it's bring like it they're up. almost trying to force rivalries,
1: right? Like, okay, sure, this is the Cavaliers and the Warriors second time, right? Or third? Is it third time in a row? Third, third time in a row meeting. That's still not a rivalry, though.
0: No, it's just been you know. I think they're trying to make it into this this decade's you know um, Lakers Celtics or yeah. you know bulls knicks or you know something where, where it, it has that rivalry appeal and it really it kind of doesn't i mean it it does i mean it's, it's the only
1: reason it does is because these teams are just have been built to be the right. best in the world and there's no teams that really can compete because there's so much star power on both of these oh teams. it's ridiculous so it doesn't even make it enjoyable to me and i don't think that that's what makes it a rivalry but that's neither here nor there um we're gonna get into the NBA a little bit because little bit. speaking
0: of LeBron, by the way,
1: LeBron James, <laughs> he um he exchanged some words with a fan uh, over this past weekend when he was playing against the Boston Celtics. Um, they stormed back from a twenty-one point deficit in the third quarter. Uh, the Celtics to beat the Cavaliers that game, and LeBron had an awful game. Um, security had to usher the fan away from James, and then he said that he had a tough game period not just in the second half but for me personally he didn't have it um yeah i, I don't we i guess we don't really know what the fan was yelling the at the fan LeBron. was
0: yelling something so ridiculous and it it was this he was yelling his own college stats to LeBron like this kid played college ball and apparently was yelling oh. his own college stats at LeBron
1: what? <laughs> dumbest thing i've ever
0: heard right
1: Who? first of all nobody knows who you are if you're just a fan in the stands exactly what (laughs) that's so stupid but this is going to bring up my point is something so idiotic such as yelling out your own personal college stats towards a player is enough to get under your skin to the point where we're talking about it
0: see I think we've given too much of a leash to the fans to feel like they have the right because they pay X amount of money that they can yell anything at an athlete during you know during crucial games. And, I mean, listen, they were not taking Boston lightly. Right. And LeBron, I mean, goes at it hard every game. You know, he's 110% yell of intensity. For whatever reason, this guy got under his skin and kept it up. At some point, I mean... Does fan behavior real like all of a sudden? Do we just accept that they're going to harass the ever-loving crap out of our you know our pro athletes, and we're yes, okay with that?
1: We do. Because Why that's, just because they paid for their seat? No, because this has been something that's been happening ever since I've been alive.
0: Yeah, they heckled him to the point. But these guys, like this was a guy that was down low, like right near the court, and every time LeBron was there, like up in his up in LeBron. So then that's the,
1: that's the. That's security's job to get rid of that fan if it's becoming such a nuisance. but, these right, but players, at some
0: point, you have to know what you're doing.
1: I guess, but these players are professionals. They're on the court. They know that they have so many people with all eyes on them. They know that everybody's watching these games because they're on the biggest stage in the spotlight. Now, I think at some point, at least recently, we've heard more stories about players being upset with the fans and letting it get under their skin, where I think in the past, that wasn't something that necessarily but happened. I think that's because fans are getting worse. You think that it's that much worse than Absolutely. it's ever been? I think,
0: I think fans are literally going all out to uh, like get under the skin of certain players. And like this guy, whatever he was doing or however he was doing it, got to the point where it got under LeBron's skin. I mean, this is the best, best in my mind, the best basketball player on the planet. Yeah. And you're get, you've are you obviously done something and said something that got so under his skin that it unnerved him.
1: Yeah, I, I think regardless of what he said, if he is the best basketball player in the planet, then he shouldn't be let something so stupid such as somebody yelling their college stats really get in the way of the main goal, which the main goal but is to also, get to the championship. We
0: also don't know what else was exchanged. We don't.
1: But at the same time, it's his job as a player and as a leader and as the best basketball player on the planet to get rid of all the haters and just shun it out. He has to. That's his job. He's a professional. Right. But it- You're going to deal with hecklers everywhere. Fans deal with it. Players deal with it. It's just something that it has to be something that if it gets under your skin, you need to use it toward to your advantage and play more aggressive. But it's not something that you can let affect you because you are a professional.
0: I think next episode I'm going to heckle you and see how well you do your job. How about that? And we, I'm we, gonna we literally, I'm just going to literally start yelling, "Daddy, Daddy!" But that's assuming you suck. <laughs> that's, that's
1: assuming we're professionals.
0: Well, yeah, that goes. That's stretching it
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. by a long shot. But I think.
1: I think like what you were saying before that it does take some fan responsibility, restraint. <laughs> well, look at this case with uh, at a Braves game. Oh, I got Wednesday I got a night. huge
0: problem with this. Yeah. So at yeah, the Braves, explain game, the story
1: on Wednesday night. It was the bottom of the eighth inning, and the Braves the Braves were leading four to three. Rio Ruiz, Ruiz. Why can't
0: I read? Reading is hard.
1: It really is. But, okay, but a name like Rio Ruiz, you could see where I could get that a little bit confused.
0: Not really. It's kind of easy. i got to be honest.
1: (laughs) So, anyway, Rio Ruiz hit a ball down the right field line. Close, but a fair ball. A Braves fan reached around, grabbed the ball, and handed it to a young kid who couldn't have been more than four or five years old. And then at that moment, the security guard jumped the fence, aggressively motion the fan to ed- to to get out of the stadium he's being ejected and then took the ball away from the kid yep i get everything else i know that there's rules i know that if if you're a fan you
0: don't need to go any further than that if
1: you're a that's fan that's a live the, ball yeah if you're if you're a fan you need to know if you're sitting on those side any in any aspect you should know that you're responsible to pay attention to the game and if there's a ball in play hands off you don't touch it. I get it. There's a lot going on. You may not catch it right away, but it's your responsibility as a fan to know whether or not that ball is fair or foul.
0: Like, it's funny because, uh, you know, ESPN and a couple of other um, sports outlets, media outlets that I was, I was reading the story on, you know, said, and there was even a tweet about it. Oh, can you look at this security takes ball from the kid from a kid? It wasn't, about the kid it was about the guy who took a live ball that was in play
1: so do you you agree with the security guard taking the kid from the ball
0: 100% it's a live ball bo-
1: I know it's the rules and I know that it, it interrupts the game or whatever alright
0: I'm gonna put it on the spot here's the be all end all to, to this conversation right here Go. if you're an outfielder you catch a second out yep men on base you throw that ball into mm. into the outfield to a fan, what happens? That ball's a lot. Li- that's live in play. Yeah. And that runner could score. Yeah. So but I think,
1: all right, so correct me if I'm wrong. By the time that the fan, by the time that everything was going on, was, was he still running around the bases at that point? Did I, they call it a ground rule double?
0: I think they had to call it they a foul.
1: Then at that point, get another ball, give it to the pitcher, and give the kid the ball back. No. When is know. he ever going to get a foul ball? I'm lucky that I've got a, a foul well, ball everywhere I've been to. But Yeah, how does that happen? It's am- uh, we'll get into that yeah, in a little that, bit. That's kind of cool.
0: But no, you listen, the guy got it illegally. Yeah. On an illegal. That's like me watching a basketball game. LeBron inbounds it. I just happen to step foot on the court grab the ball and take it and give it to a kid what the kid's supposed to keep it now listen kid blame blame the guy that got it that that took the ball you know, while it was in play yeah I'd say granted it's not the kid's fault and I know everybody's heartstrings go the kid got a ball but he got it the wrong way the guy went about it the total wrong way you can't do that
1: yeah I guess you're right and I think that hopefully the the stadium and in, in Atlanta they Gave the kids something nice enough where it would t- forgive the fact that he lost the ball. Because Common
0: sense should prevail it should. at that point.
1: Because if I was a young kid and I know it wasn't my fault at all, I'd feel like something is getting taken away from me, and I but understand handle
0: that, that later. Yeah. The fact that that ball was in play, you have to give that ball back. That's true.
1: That's true. And I think that it's fans are responsible for knowing the rules of the stadium and that the, the stadium itself needs to— have they the just, policy, and that's you know, the way it is. The media just
0: wants to make it about the security guard being the bad guy taking it away from the. Guy. The bad guy here is the guy who reached over while the ball was in play and took it out of play.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're right.
0: He's he's a smaller version of Steve Bartman from the Cubs.
1: Man, did you ever see that that documentary? The- oh
0: my god, that is such a great documentary, the Steve Bartman documentary. He's a he's literally a guy who cost the Cubs. A chance to go to the World Series, pretty much, because he grabbed, he went for a foul ball mm-hmm. that could have easily been caught and stepped in the way of the outfielder.
1: Yeah, and, and unfortunately for him, we haven't heard much of him, and he's staying out of the spotlight. And you kind of can't blame him on something. I like
0: wouldn't. that. I wouldn't. I mean, at that point, I'd move.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't show my face anywhere.
0: You think he? You think he went in disguise when the Cubs were like in the World Series last year, and they won't, You think he went to the celebration like, like you know? In disguise, you wore, like, a trench coat and a hat and a, and a mustache?
1: Maybe, because we've really only seen him in the one outfit.
0: So nobody knows, for so sure. nobody really knows. Interesting.
1: Maybe I should take a play out of his book if he was in disguise and just disguise myself and not show myself as a Mets.
0: Could you so. imagine? <laughs> no.
1: If this happened as the Mets?
0: Well, you could do the Bobby Valentine. <laughs> you could do the Bobby Valentine look, put it. Put on a hat and a mustache and glasses and and go out there and you're you're the uh, nondescript Mets fan.
1: Yeah, but they wouldn't believe that for a second because I look like I'm 12 and seeing facial hair on me. This is a fair (laughs) point. They wouldn't even believe it. Yeah, you
0: do look like you're on 12, 13. You could have been the kid with the ball.
1: I could have been the kid with the ball. That's true. See? It all comes around.
0: It all comes back around.
1: <laughs> anyway, that's going to wrap up this edition of the New Jersey Guys. You can stream it on our website at nj1015.com or on the NJ1015 app. It is also available on Google Play and on iTunes. I'm Dan Tantillo. That's Chris weneman Thanks so much for listening. We're out.